It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. It's Light the Tower. Your daily look around the world of sports. With Hall of Fame broadcaster and voice of the Texas Longhorns, Craig Way, and Horns 24-7 insider, Jeff Howe. On your live, local, and independent home for sports talk in Austin, The Horn. Second hour of Light the Tower here on The Horn. Craig Way, Jeff Howe with you. And our man producing it, Jack Farrell. Jack, do you go back to being just a regular swing shift dude after today? How does that work for you there? Looks like it. Cam Parker's returning on Monday, so uh, uh, actually he'll be back tomorrow to be our on-site engineer for Texas women's basketball. But you are uh, truly, pun intended, a jack-of-all-trades because we use you in a variety of capacities and areas and things like that. So that's the way I like to be. Well, that's good. work if I can do it. My dad used to say, make yourself as indispensable as possible by being as proficient in as many possible things as you can. Yeah, sometimes it's not so great because then when you're filling in on the morning show and yep. then for on both morning shows and then Cameron's out of town, he's the only yeah. other person that knows how to do yeah. Light the Tower. So still have to do that. So I'm doing all my stuff and filling in this week. So you I'm, become I'm Mikey from Life Cereal. Yeah, let's get Mikey. Yeah, he won't eat, eat, eat everything. Hey, he likes it. Hey, Mikey. You can hey, Jack is uh, he's like the swing tackle of the horn. You yeah. know, he, he might have to start a few games and, and you don't freak out, but you know, there might be a week where eh, we, we don't even need to activate you this week. You're just kind of trying to chill. Yeah, it's just kind of a deal. Changes from week to week. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about that game that uh, is going to take place in the desert on Sunday. God, I almost sound like Brent Musburger. My friends in the desert, let me tell you, folks, they've got a lot of lines ready to go. The Horns Big Game coverage is brought to you by Texas Truck and Trailer, located in Leander, hey now. on Crystal Falls Parkway and in northeast Austin at I-35 and Runberg. Call Texas Truck and Trailer at 512-528-6038. That's 512-528-6038. Um, this morning... Uh, you know, the guys were talking about it, and um, and uh, they were putting out their final predictions on the game. Lee Sterling, Paramount Sports Betting, he he took the Eagles kind of in a 28-24, 24-20 kind of ball games, maybe 28-20, something like that. Bucky, I think, went with the Eagles by four. Aaron sticking with the Chiefs, his choice to pick Kansas City to win it. So in the final analysis, how are you feeling about this? Going with the chefs. Are you? Mm-hmm. I can't, I can't root for the Eagles. You know the most miserable Super Bowl I've had. I don't know if it's the most miserable. Like the a Patriots Eagles Super Bowl was pretty was pretty bad. As as bad. Like I said, I missed all but the last five minutes of that flying with the Texas women's basketball team to Morgantown to West Virginia. <laughs> Got there, walked into the hotel with the last five minutes of the game. See, I would have rather have been in Morgantown than than, than, than dealing and, with that. Yeah, and I didn't have the uh, home entertainment set up then like I have now thanks to AV consultations. So it was it the worst 
for you personally your worst Super Bowl ever to 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 witness to be part of was that was the worst ever for you was Patriots Eagles? Um, now I've got to think which one. Yeah, the first the first one which went. <laughs> down to the wire that the Patriots won. That was the one in Houston, wasn't it? Uh, you know what? No, that was the, that was in Jacksonville. Oh, yeah, yeah. The, the one in Jacksonville? Yeah, yeah. The one in Houston was the one against Carolina. Yeah. Um, I – probably the first one because I didn't have complete disdain for the Patriots at that point like I would later and like wow, them. How could you not? Yeah. But uh, the fact that T.O. came back and I'm like, I just – and played his rear end. Yeah, off. He I played really I hard. I, there's no way I wanted T.O. to get a ring. You know, the evil Roy Williams. That that was as sick as this might sound to some people. That's the moment I cheered for him the hardest. Was How about when that? He snapped T.O.'s leg. Yeah, look at you. Wow. Okay, so that you know, like back in the day, uh, Craig. You know this about from wrestling. You know, growing up with wrestling in the Carolinas. Greg the Hammer Valentine wore that shirt that said, I broke Wahoo's leg. I always thought Roy Williams should have got him a shirt that said, I broke T.O.'s leg. <laughs> okay. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, Jack has not been on this planet very long. In fact, I think that you – what was the year you were born? 2000. So I was I was getting ready to be born right uh, as the Titans came up short. How about that? Yeah, you're almost the exact same age as my youngest. He was he was seven months old at the time. He was in the in one of those little swings, little, and he was he was seven months old at the time asleep. And when I when when Kurt Warner hit Isaac Bruce with the seventy three yard touchdown pass with two oh six to go, I leaped off. We had a little uh, Super Bowl uh, watching party at the house. Um, I don't think Bucky made it, but Aaron was there. We had several of the staff members there from the the old radio station. We were there. And of course, Aaron was rooting for Tennessee since they were the former Houston Oilers. You know, see, Aaron went down that road. Like, he did you know, rooting for the Titans. My my brother's was one of those Oilers fans that he just didn't watch the NFL until the Texans came back. Yeah, it was kind of almost like our, our our good friend that used to work with us, David Anderson. He was a lifetime Oilers fan growing up in Lufkin, and he completely disavowed himself of anything but Adams touched. So <laughs> he he you know he rooted for other teams and then the Texans when they came along. But when I leaped out of that chair on that touchdown pass, my youngest child was sound asleep and thinking it woke him up, and he had been like a model baby all the way up to that point. And Laurie always blamed me. She said, it's your fault that he became more difficult to deal with. It because it was like a shock to the system. But the Rams won the Super Bowl. And they did. And they did. So uh, I'm trying to think. For me, what would be the worst? It, it, it's going to be one of those one of those one of those Patriot Super Bowls, probably. Um, it's not the not the one against the Rams, even though they were awful in that one and lost thirteen three. Um, that was a great Super Bowl, by the way. If you just like old school football, it's a great Super Bowl. It's a great Super Bowl for defense. I enjoyed that. I enjoyed that Super Bowl a lot more than other people did. Yeah, you know, everybody comes in the next. Day, oh my gosh, the game was horrible. The game was great. <laughs> Strategy. There's defense involved. Like it was, it was awesome. The um, chess match with Belichick and Sean McVay. I, I, I mean, if I were to think about it, maybe some other ones. That Bears Patriots won. I mean, that was the crowning of the Bears as champions, but it was an awful game. Uh, 49ers Chargers was pretty bad. 49ers Broncos, fifty five ten, the biggest blowout in yeah. Super Bowl history. In that and and anti Cowboy fans could point to either their you know. Their their blowout Super Bowl wins. They could do uh, that as well. No, so I'll tell you. I'll 20, tell you one. Twenty seven is probably my favorite. Yeah, I could tell you a nasty one. One's pretty not good. Remember Steelers Seahawks Super Bowl forty. 
Well, first off, it's played in Detroit, which I think played automatically, in Detroit, automatically disqualifies you from playing a good Super yeah. Bowl. Twenty-one to ten, just an ugly game. Just yeah, that that was another one. Casey Hampton got him a ring. Yeah, he did. He did. Do you do you hear the the best thing about that though? When the Steelers made their White House visit, uh, Casey Hampton kept telling the team that he's like, "Yeah, I know President Bush. I know President Bush because when he was Governor Bush, he would go yeah. down to the forty and work out." And everyone's like, no, you don't. No, you don't. And sure enough, at the at the uh, White House ceremony, President Bush was like, where's, where's Casey Hampton at? I, I need to see Casey Hampton. Everyone's like, oh, my gosh, she was telling the truth. All along. All along there. Uh, love, love me some Casey Hampton. Okay. And then, of course, uh, I would uh, – somebody said uh, – Stoner says Jackie Smith, bless his heart. For those who don't know, that's Super Bowl thirteen. Hey, you don't you don't have to you don't have to. History it. dictates that I do. Uh the Cowboys had signed Jackie Smith, veteran tight end, and had a fabulous career with the Cardinals, uh, Hall of Fame tight end. It just did sign signed him late in the year and made some big catches down the stretch. They get they get into the Super Bowl, and uh, the Cowboys are down twenty one fourteen in the third quarter, and Staubach is driving him down the field, and he's got Jackie Smith wide open, fires a pass, hits him between the eight and the one right there, and you hear Vern Lundquist call on the Cowboys radio goes. Jackie Smith caught, dro- dropped. Oh, and he slid down. He just dropped, and he said, "Oh, Jackie Smith, bless his heart, he's got to be the sickest man in America." They settled for a field goal. And what what's kind of unfortunate about this is that a lot of folks wanted to blame him for that. The Steelers came back and scored two touchdowns after that. They hit, uh, you know, they hit a long touchdown pass to Lynn Swan to make it twenty eight seventeen. Then Roy Jarella slipped on the kickoff. It wasn't an onside kick, but he slipped. Randy White was on the front line of the kickoff coverage team, and he had a cast on because he'd been playing with a broken bone in the wrist. It hits him there. He fumbles it. Steelers recover. Franco Harris takes it in for a touchdown not long after. It's 35-17. Now, Staubach, true to his credit, brings him down the field. They they uh, hit two touchdowns in the waning seconds of the ball game to cut it down to four and then can't recover the onside kick. They lose 35-31, but you can't put it all on Jackie Smith. Uh, two things. One, is it fair to call Jackie Smith? He's to football what Bill Buckner is to baseball. Really good career, but nobody has they remember uh, yeah for that. Uh, yeah, that's that's an that's a decent. You know, you know what? I, I thought of a couple another another couple of bad Super Bowls. Uh, that would be thirty. What would that be? Third uh, Broncos Falcons thirty three. That's thirty three. Yeah, that was bad. That was bad. Uh. And I mentioned this just because I this watched the ones th- for John, <laughs> which that gets slower. Pat Bowen's voice gets slower, gets slower down over time. every time you yeah. see it. Uh, and then there was, a, and I know it's because I just watched the thirty for thirty. This is what made me remember it. Ravens Giants was that, a pretty bad Super Bowl. That was ugly. It was ugly. I mean, you had to be impressed with their defense, just like with the Bears in '85. But it was ugly. Bowling shoe ugly. Yeah, yeah, it was uh, for sure. Um, somebody said the the Giants messing up my Pat's undefeated season. I hate Eli. See, so there's some other folks. That's another one. It's like, man, okay, the Patriots are going to lose, but it means the Giants win a Super Bowl. So they won twice over the Patriots. I'll just I'll just go for more alcohol. Okay. Uh, uh, Stoner says, uh, Jeff, I was a preteen. It broke my heart. However, it taught me young how to handle heartbreak because of Staubach took all the heat and recovery like the champion he was it certainly wasn't his fault uh you know what i'll give you uh i'll give you maybe the most underrated super bowl because when people talk about great super bowls this never gets talked about packers broncos super bowl 32 it was good you know where i saw that las vegas nevada 
What are you doing in Vegas? I was not in. I was not in a casino. I was at my brother's house. He lived out there at the time. What had happened was Laurie and I had flown out there, but I had to go to Fresno and do basketball. Oh. Flew over the mountains. It's a twenty-minute flight. You know, I went over there to Fresno. Bill Schoening and I did a, a game against Fresno State. They lost. I get uh, and uh, and then I get back in the plane and zip right back over to Vegas, and we saw that Super Bowl. Nice. Yeah. Always so remember that. When you one. see people like power rank the best Super Bowls, that one never. That one doesn't get its just due. It's true because it was entertaining. It's great, that was, it's a great game. It was it was entertaining. So, John Elway helicopter spinning as he dives toward the goal line. Cracked apples says Redskins Bills was bad. Yeah, that Super Bowl twenty six yes. coming off the Giants Patriots and before At the, the Cowboys. Metrodome. Yeah, that was kind of that was Mark Rippon was your MVP. Yeah, yeah, he was. Uh, two people said Patriots Rams by far the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a Rams fan and it wasn't good. I can tell you that. Uh, so. Yeah, uh, so somebody said the Eagles have far and away the most starts uh, by a black quarterback. This was yesterday. Uh, Randall Cunningham, Donovan McNabb, Rodney Pete, Michael Vitt, uh, Jalen Hurts, maybe Jeff Blake. Can't remember if he ever made a start or not. And then today, yet yeah, y'all give Eagles fans crap for cheering when that turd Irvin got hurt. Yeah, well, Michael Irvin was. Uh... You know, had a cervical injury and was down for several minutes, and that was years before the T.O. thing happened. And honestly, that had – I could never dislike a football team more. It's Terrell Owens playing for the Eagles. Like, it's it's everything I can't stand Yeah, about football. And I'm almost convinced it's T.O. Karma why the Cowboys kind of wasted that, you know, that run, the, the kind of the Wade Phillips years, the Parcells Wade Phillips years. I think that's karma for the T.O. signing. Yeah. Uh, so the, the, the year the Redskins-Bills was the year I fell in love with Washington. Downhill ever since. Uh, Coach Cooper says, remember Thurman Thomas forgot his helmet. That was in that Super Bowl. Just yeah. also want to throw in for yeah. uh, the texture of Black Eagles quarterbacks, Vince Young. Started three games for the Eagles in 2011. Yes. Don't forget that, about that, my that, man. That, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Uh, here's another vote for Patriots-Rams. <laughs> one of the wars. The only one I fell asleep watching. Uh, and then uh, and then somebody said, uh, Super Bowl five. Cowboys-Colts made me cry when I was a kid. When I was a kid, it was exciting. It's just there were 11 turnovers in the game. Mm-hmm. Six by the Colts, five by the Cowboys. I always remember the headline in Sports Illustrated, but the Cowboys made the biggest mistake, losing but that is still oh, true yeah. to this day, and here's your connection with today. The only Super Bowl where the MVP came from the losing team, linebacker Chuck Halley, who had had two interceptions and it was announced yesterday in releasing the brand new class of 2023 for the Pro Football Hall of Fame, Chuck Halley, in that and, and deserving. Yeah, Ray, real Glad quick, to hear about uh, that. any any issues with the uh, the men elected to the Pro Football Hall of Fame? Any issues with this Hall of Fame class? Uh, not really. Uh, it, you know, when you get into the Veterans Committee choices, folks' views are going to be skewed on certain guys like Joe Klecko and some other guys. It might might be a little bit skewed on that. But like Chuck Halley was was a Veterans Committee choice, and he deserved mm-hmm. it. I thought he deserved it. He had a great career playing for the Cowboys. Ran a great uniform service company in Dallas, too. Chuck Halley uniform. You'd see the... The truck with a blue fifty four on there. On it's the like side in, of the in the coach contributor category. I don't know how Don Coriel wasn't already in. Should have been. Don Coriel was it, it, for all of the people who are who are talking about, and I have no qualm with this, by the way, talking about Mike Leach needing to go into the College Football Hall of Fame. Don Coriel, mm-hmm. Pro Football Hall of yep. Fame. Same same reasoning behind it. 
and everything. He he learned at the at the right hand of Sid Gilman, one of the original innovators of that pass oriented offense, and Sid Gilman was in the Hall of Fame. Uh, here's your Hall of Fame class from the uh, uh, selection committee. Yeah, Rondé Barber, Darrell Revis, Joe Thomas, Zach Thomas, Demarcus Ware. Got no problem with any of those. No problem with any I'm of okay those. with all those, those guys. Are all Hall of Famers. Yeah. Some people had a problem with Devin Hester not getting in. I'm like, well, how often do we put return specialists in the Hall of Fame? Yeah, that would be, that would say, how often do you put kickers? Speaking of bad Super Bowls. Oh, Colts, uh, Colts Bears. Bears. That game peaked the moment it started and was downhill the whole when time. When Hester returned the kickoff? I don't know. I mean, I like Peyton Manning finally getting the Super Bowl. It's the rain and yeah, it was just kind of yeah, yeah, that sort of thing. But yeah, yeah, there's worse ones than that. Oh, absolutely. But that's not one of the better ones. Better ones, um, the you know, heck, the 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 three uh, that uh, three of the four that the Rams were in. The Patriots Rams arguably one of the worst, but uh, not the first Patriots Rams. That's right. Yeah, that's right. Uh, the Rams Steelers Super Bowl fourteen. Rams are up nineteen seventeen going in the fourth quarter. Heck of a ball game. Patriots Panthers was really good. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Patriots Eagles was good. It was. It was. Yeah. You have to admit that. Uh, Donovan uh, McNabb blue chunks. Yeah, on the field. That's right. Uh, Rams Titans, and then of course last year Rams Bengals uh, went down to the wire. Uh, those the Broncos Packers Super Bowl was really good. The two. Cowboys Steeler Super Bowls, not the most recent one, the Larry Brown one, Neil O'Donnell Super Bowl <laughs> Thirty. Hey, Dave Garrett, my buddy and engineer on the Longhorn Basketball Broadcast, still has his Super Bowl ring because they called the play-by-play on that. But he will be the first to tell you it was not one of the best Super Bowls played, and he will tell you that was not his best play-by-play game he's ever called. Really? Yeah, uh, it, it it wasn't. The, he had a, he said he felt he had a much better call two weeks before the NFC Championship game against Green Bay. Uh, Does Dave send Neil O'Donnell a Christmas card? <laughs> and or Larry Brown? Dear Neil. Larry Brown you. ought to. Thank uh, you for your inability to read coverages. Yeah, you read it right between I the two and the four. Threw it right to him. As a result, I have more Super Bowl rings than Tony Romo. There you go. <laughs> but the other the other two Cowboy Steelers, Super, Super Bowl Ten, yeah. uh, the Lynn Swan acrobatic one, uh, which, which is also the answer to a great trivia question. A Dallas Cowboys receiver caught exactly one pass in his career with the Cowboys. Oh, what was that cat's name? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Can you think of it? Oh, I can't remember the guy's name. It was a 34-yard touchdown I know. Pass. I can see the play. Like, I see the play in my head. It was Number 81 before Jackie Smith, by the way, a few years before Jackie Smith. I can't remember the cat's name, and you're going to say it, and I'm going to – I know like it's right there. It's all... You ready for it? Percy Howard. How... Yes, a memorable name like Percy. I mean, I'll be honest. That, I didn't. Right? I didn't know about Percy Howard until a few years ago. I was watching uh, some NFL films mm-hmm. deal, like a top ten on yeah. top ten. It was like top ten one hit wonders. Yeah, like Percy, Percy Howard was the only catch he ever had was a touchdown. Of the- yeah, that's exactly right. Uh, that one, and then the, the one we mentioned, the the, the Cowboys Steelers Super Bowl thirteen, very very good one uh, as well. And then before we get to the break, my favorite. I, I said it a year ago. And Jack may have not heard this. I know a lot of our listeners have heard this one, and I know you know this. My, my favorite Super Bowl trivia question of all time, because we used to play it pretty regularly down here because I got that from we'd have a panel discussion when I was in Dallas with Brad Sham, Chuck Cooperstein, me, and Brian Briscoe or staff, and we would play Super Bowl trivia. And a guy called in with it because we used to play it where you can either ask us a question, try to stump us, or take one from us. And if you were successful at either, you won a prize. So this guy said, I got one for you. And we said, okay, go. And he said, name the three teams 
that were in uniform for Super Bowl ten. Three teams. And we're like, we mean three. Three teams were in uniform for Super Bowl ten. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're like, you're talking about the officials? No. Three National Football League at the time, current teams were in uniform, full uniform that day for Super Bowl ten. We're like, well, Super Bowl ten was Cowboy Steelers. We're like, well, yeah, and it's down in Miami, and then and then uh, and then Brian Briscoe said, unless it was like for that filming of Black Sunday, and Brian went, oh, you're right, that's it, yep, that's it. They were filming Black Sunday, and uh, the Dolphins were one of the teams in there because it was local, and they got them in there when they were doing about the terrorists flying the blimp into the Orange Bowl, the Super Bowl, uh, Black Sunday. So that's that's one of my if not my favorite that's one of my favorite um, Super Bowl trivia questions of all time. All right, uh, coming up we have a Flex Thirty update and another Longhorn notebook. When we continue with Light the Tower on the Horn 1049 AM twelve sixty live local and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. Craig Way and Jeff Howe light the tower. You know, the boss is coming to town. Bruce Springsteen will be at Moody Center. He's coming. You a Springsteen uh, fan, Jack? First concert I ever went to, uh, Bruce Springsteen at the Irwin Center. Wow, and you probably thought, is every concert like this? Three hours, no opening act. <laughs> yeah. And that's scaled back. He used to go four, four and a half. In my concert vending days in 1980, working the River Tour, playing at Reunion Arena, he started at straight up eight, and and the and uh, he walked off the stage for the last time at 12.30 a.m., playing the last, I think, two or three encores with the house lights up. Yeah, they brought the house lights yeah. up for Born to Run at yeah. ours. Yeah. He played Jungle Land, which yeah. apparently he hadn't done in years. Yeah, and he wasn't he wasn't ready to leave. So anyway, he's coming back. Melon Cam coming back as well, you know. So yeah, the Rockers there. All right. Uh it's time now for a Flex Thirty update. Flex ATX for the best high school sports coverage. Listen to the horn and go to flxatx.com. Flex 30 is brought to you by Brain Vault. Brain Vault is a revolutionary and patented mouth guard that has been proven to help reduce the risk of concussion. Visit brainvault.com and join the movement. What was that noise that just and it came down before the thing? That was it's kind of different just whiffed on the on the hotkey click i was about a millimeter too far to the left oh, okay just wondered about that uh some uh, some notes to let you know uh, bobby acosta stepping down as head football coach at del valley uh was there for a couple seasons of course uh, folks remember him uh from being uh, down in florida at img academy won a the mythical national championship in 2020 uh that he uh he announced that said uh that he is going to be offensive coordinator for a college team he declined the name hmm. at the time. Okay. 
Uh, he said it's a six-hour drive from Central Texas. Okay. So if you try to figure that out, you could be going. Could be. Could be. Uh, that sort of thing, because they are getting ready to establish that program there at UT Rio Grande Valley. Uh, so that's in uh, entirely possible on that. So, yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, stepping down as head coach after two seasons uh, at Dell Valley. Uh, heard the Flex uh, ATX show last night after we got done with the Longhorn Weekly. Hopped in the car and heard Zach Lacero and Nolan Hogan. They were rolling. They had a chance to visit with our good friend and the head coach of the Vandegrift Vipers, Drew Sanders, last night. Uh, talked with him as well. And we're uh, getting ready for playoff basketball as well. It's going to be a big time. Uh, I should let you know this. I think the official announcement will be coming. The UIL State Tournaments for Basketball, uh, the way I understand it, are not going to be televised on Valley Sports Southwest. Um, really? Yeah. Now, you know, Bally, the, those regional networks are all part of that Sinclair reorganization yeah. going on through bankruptcy and things. So I don't think they're coming out. However, they are going to be televised, although I think it's all going to be streaming okay. on that. So depending on what's going on with Texas men's and women's basketball, I may be on some of those calls. Uh, Roger Wallace could be as well. So be like a Texan Live thing maybe? Could be. Something like that. So they're they're still finalizing some plans on that. All right. So there it is. There's your uh, flex thirty. Hey, real quick, since we are the uh, home of Lake Travis Cavalier football, the horn is. Shout out Garrett Wilson for being the yes. NFL Offensive Rookie of the Year. Yeah, yeah. At the NFL Honors last night. So uh, congratulations. Uh, our man Jeff said, "Could it be UTPB, UT Permian Basin? That'd be about six hour drive going out there to the basin. Could be. But I th- I, I kind of like Jeff's guess of." UTRGV because they are establishing a football program there. So, could be. Uh, all right, let's uh, roll into our second hour Longhorn Notebook. Jeff Howe's Longhorn Notebook. A Longhorn Notebook brought to you by Aaron Bowersock, your home loan expert and your Longhorn lender. See if Aaron can do for you what she did for Linda and me, and that was to get our home loan approval turned around in a snap. She is, after all, the person who can make that 10 day or less home loan approval guarantee. Uh, check her out on the web at bowersockteam.com, B-O-W-E-R-S-O-C-K, just like it sounds, bowersockteam.com. And hopefully then, you know, you get the approval on that, get in home, and hopefully you don't have a near-fire situation like we had this morning. <laughs> Fortunately, it was just what fans – I didn't know those were called fart fans. I didn't one. know that either. Yeah, that, the little fan there in the heating thing that burned out. So uh, Linda has been on the job, and she's got somebody coming out to fix that later today. So we talked about Texas with this being the football programs last season in the Big 12, the stakes getting raised. And, you know, Rod Babers got me down this road to crunching the numbers because mm-hmm. we talked about on the Longhorn Blitz podcast this week. And when you look at Texas, what, what's going to be a 28-season tenure as a member of the Big 12 Conference, you would say Texas, by and large, underachieved. And I think because once it's done, once the 23 season is in the books, you're going to have a symmetrical view of Texas history in the conference. Yeah. And it is night and day comparing the first 14 seasons to the last 14 seasons. And those 14 seasons, those first 14 seasons, you've got the first 12 years of Mac Brown. So, Craig, when Texas entered the 2010 season, and keep in mind at that point, you're coming off a trip to the BCS title game, your third Big 12 championship, no other Big 12 member at the time 
had more than more, more than two championships other than Oklahoma. Oklahoma was the only program that topped Texas in terms of conference championships with six and championship game appearances with seven. Also, heading into the through the 2009 season, since the Big 12 uh, had held its inaugural football season in 1996. No conference member had more total wins in that time than Texas with 140. No Big 12 member had more league wins than Texas with 88. And Texas also led all Big 12 members in overall winning percentage and conference winning percentage. Uh, under Mac Brown, you can argue, and we, you know, everybody goes through this. You could, should, did Mac leave some meat on the bone in those first 12 years as good as they were? Yeah, some of that was not entirely his fault. Some of it was, and you can go back and do the what-ifs for years like 01 and 08 and so on and so forth. But Max run to that point, Craig, through the first 12 years. Texas won 128 games, had nine straight seasons of 10 wins or more, finished ranked in the final AP poll 12 consecutive years, seven top 10 finishes, six top five finishes. You ended the program's 35-year national championship drought. And heading into 2010, Texas had a string going where they had won 26 of their previous 28 games. So that football program was riding about as high as truly one of the golden eras of Texas football. But we all know what happened in 2010. And since then, since the start of the 2010 season, when Texas went 5-7 and seven and mm-hmm. the nosedive from which the program is still not fully recovered, how about a record of 91-72 and 72 overall between four different head coaches? Uh, that's and I just to put it into perspective through the first fourteen seasons of Big Twelve play, mm-hmm. uh, Texas A and M went ninety five and seventy six, Missouri was nine ninety four and seventy nine, and Colorado was eighty eight and eighty four. That's kind of where Texas has been on par with over the last thirteen years. Uh, Texas Big Twelve record over the last thirteen seasons sixty one and fifty four, and I just looked at how Texas comp- has compared to. Uh, well, let me just run down some more numbers real quick before I get into the head to head comparison. Uh, in the last thirteen seasons, Texas has only made one trip to the conference championship games. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was in twenty eighteen. Right. One season of ten or more wins again in twenty eighteen. Five in the last thirteen seasons, they've only finished in the final AP poll five times, and just one top ten finish again. That was in twenty eighteen when Texas finished ninth. So I just went back and looked at okay over the last thirteen seasons, which programs have put together a better body of work than Texas. I'm gonna give you. The rundown here. Okay, Baylor has uh, overall 103 wins, 65 conference wins. Both of those more than Texas. Baylor now has the same number of Big 12 titles as Texas, with three different titles uh, under th- under uh, between three different. And now Matt Rule made one of those championship game appearances, but three conference titles. Two and one under, of those was shared. The TCU. Yeah, two win. under Art Bryles. Um, one under Dave Aranda. Two trips to the conference championship game, six uh, AP poll finishes, two top tens, one top five, only two losing seasons. Texas has had five, and to Texas' one 10 win season, Baylor's had six. Kansas State, very similar resume to Baylor 103 overall wins, 67 conference wins, two conference titles. They're also tied with Texas all time with three conference championships, one appearance in the conference championship game, four AP top 25 finishes, three losing seasons three 10-win seasons. Oklahoma State, which you can argue now with the exception of, of not winning a national championship, Oklahoma State's kind of been what Texas was through the first 14 years in terms of being a second fiddle to Oklahoma. 120 overall wins, 76 conference victories, one conference title, one championship game appearances. Nine times in the last 13 years, Oklahoma State's finished in the top 25, two top 10s, one top fives, 
No losing seasons. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State's the only Big 12 program in the last 13 years that has not had a losing season and seven 10-win seasons. TCU, even with two fewer seasons in the league, 87 victories overall, 56 conference wins. They've got the one conference title. They've made two conference championship games, four AP top 25 finishes, all four in the top 10, two in the top five, four losing seasons, four 10-win seasons. The only Big 12 programs, Craig, where you can say Texas has unequivocally put together a better body of work over the last 13 years, Iowa State, Kansas. By the way, you want to take a stab at Kansas' conference record over the last 13 years? Or their record conference (laughs) or overall? How about a 29 and 125 overall and 10 and 105 in conference play? Uh, then you've got uh, Texas has been better also than Texas Tech, who has a losing record both overall and in conference, and West Virginia, two fewer conference seasons, 73 overall wins, a losing record in Big 12 play. Texas has had more in common, Craig, with the bottom half of the Big 12 than the top half of the Big 12. You can't erase, and, and I, I broke it down even further. When you look at the win loss records for Texas, uh, just in terms of who they've beaten, when you look at what they've done uh, against the top half of the conference, uh, they have a 33 and 15 combined record against Iowa State, Kansas, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. Against those other five schools, Baylor, K State, Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, and TCU, 26 and 37. That includes uh, Oklahoma State, Oklahoma, and TCU winning a combined 26 of their last 37 meetings with Texas. You can't do anything to erase what's happened in the last 13 years. No. No, it's 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 there. It's but, there for all the world to see. But after being the butt of the joke for the large for a large majority of the last thirteen years, the stakes are raised because if Steve Sarkeesian can get to the Big Twelve Championship game, give yourself a chance to leave the conference as the first program other than Oklahoma in the history of the Big Twelve to win four more conference championships. And finally, at long last be on an upward trajectory as you're going out the door of the Big 12 and heading to the SEC, that would be something that all Longhorn fans would love to see as you make this conference switch. And if you fail to meet expectations, if it's eight or fewer wins overall, six or fewer wins in conference play, unfortunately, it's going to be more of what we've seen the last 13 years. And then those two halves of your lifetime as a Big 12 member, it really will be the best of the best and the worst of the worst and a large chunk of mediocrity for about a decade and a half. So that's that's what's at stake is ending one of the more forgettable eras in program history on a high note, really turning the page as you leave the Big 12 heading into the SEC. The nice thing that uh, a lot of Longhorn fans point out is that you can book in conference yeah, championships. exactly. I wrote, and I wrote that in this piece. It's yep. about to go live at Horns 24-7. Book in your time as a Big 12 member with conference titles. All right, we'll be back to uh, wrap up today's edition of Light the Tower on the Horn, 1049-1019 AM1260. We're live, local, and digital on the Horn app and at hornfm.com. Hey, what's up, folks? This is your Light. It's done. This one's done. So, on the record, give me a final score prediction. Uh, Chief 62, Eagles 3. Stop. what I hope it is. Scottish guy. <laughs> I, we know what you hope. Nah, what's the reality? Me, uh, give me the Chiefs something like 31-27. Sounds like a good ball game. Yeah. All right. I'll go 34-27. Okay. When in doubt, go with the better quarterback. Super Bowls, historically, have had some weird scores in them, too, because you're determined to get some points out of it. So let me go – well, this one's not too weird. 30-26, Eagles. Oh, I'm rooting for the Chiefs. 
The reality is I'm picking the Eagles, 30 to 26. All right, stay tuned. Up next, hey, and I may be checking in. I'll be checking in for sure one way or another from Lubbock on Monday because Longhorn basketball plays at Keep Texas Keep your thoughts and prayers. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> All right, stay tuned. Chad and Zay are up next. We'll talk to you next time on Light the Tower.